before we get into the, what's next, if anyone does need extra prayer or needs to kind of debrief from whatever's going on in your life, Vi will be in the sanctuary. Vi will be in the sanctuary after church. Feel free to get a blessing and prayer with her um, to go out with, if you're, especially if you're feeling a bit thin. But God be with you. So it is a new season. And by that, I don't just mean it's kind of almost fall. It feels like fall. Um, I'm talking more spiritually. Uh, Because I don't know about you. Let me know. Uh, There's something about this time of year uh, that always feels pretty deep and special to me. As we transition out of this time of relaxing, of slowing down, of rest, and into this time of school and routines and new adventures, there's something in the air, isn't there? It kind of feels a bit reverent. To me, it almost feels like New Year's Eve, where there's something new afoot, and it kind of invites us to step out into something new. Anyone else ever feel that way? Yeah, I'm glad we all do. It's a season of new beginnings, of clean slates, of fresh chapters, this season that invites us to be bold, to be flexible, courageous, to continue to learn and to grow. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about seasons in the church. We talk about these chunks of time that invite us to do certain things, to practice particular rhythms, dispositions, and habits, to explore different aspects of our humanity, to do these things that draw us deeper and deeper into the kind of life that Jesus opens up for us. And so as we head into a new season, I've been thinking about what should we talk about today? What do we need to hear as we start a new season? How can we start off on the same page? And as I thought about it, the same Bible story kept coming up in my head again and again and again. And usually that's a sign that the Spirit's working on something. And so as people who are starting a new season, I want to enter into this Bible story. Um, And we're going to talk about how God is like Patrick Swayze. Wait for it. We're going to talk about the difference between being willing and willful. Uh, And then we'll hear one of the most liberating truths that you could ever hear. Are you with me? Okay. So there is a story in the Bible. It's a really old one. I know they're all old, but this one's especially old. We're talking like... 2,500, 3,000 years old. Um, We're going back into the Hebrew scriptures from this really ancient book called Jeremiah. And now despite what you have heard, Jeremiah is not a bullfrog. I don't even know what that song is about. Some drug-induced song, no doubt. Jeremiah wasn't a bullfrog, he was a prophet. And despite what you also may have heard, prophets are not future tellers. Their job was not to predict the future, but rather their job was to speak for God. And it's not as glamorous as it sounds. In fact, if you look throughout the Bible and you read all the prophets, I don't think there's one of them that actually wanted to be a prophet. Whenever God shows up and says, Andy, you're going to be a prophet, they're like, no. One guy even crossed the ocean to get away from the job. He's like, no way. And so, of course, God sent a whale to pick him up. But 
that's a story for a different day. But nobody wanted the job because if we're honest, does anyone really want to hear from God? Because I mean, sure, it's nice to hear that we are loved and we're beautifully and wonderfully made. But then we kind of want God to shut up and go away, don't we? Because deep down, we know we really don't want to hear what God has to say. Because more often than not, God probably has something that we don't want to hear. Because we're all struggling with stuff. We're all doing stuff that we're not probably supposed to be doing. We know we're not going the direction we probably should be going. And we know if we listen to God, God's going to call us into repentance. God's going to ask us to change how we live and move and think. And we all know that's hard work. We don't want to hear it. No, I don't want to do that. I'm going to go this way. God, just tell me I'm loved and good enough. But that's the job of the prophet. They would look at the world around them. They'd see how people are acting and how the world was being ordered. And they would tell us some hard but really important truths. They'd point out what Parker Palmer calls the tragic gap. That gap between what is and what should be. And then they encouraged people to make it right. They'd offer this new vision, this alternative way to live, move, and have our being. Calling people to go back to the way that God always wanted our lives and our world to be. And more often than not, because we don't want to hear it, because that's really difficult news to hear, the prophets would come up with ways of telling us this information that's just straight up bananas. Like there's this one prophet named Isaiah. In order to make a point about how empire, about those systems that oppress us and hurt us, to make a point about how one day they'll be exposed to what they truly are, he walked around naked for three years. Another time, as a commentary on how our world marginalizes and hurts our own kids, one prophet named Hosea, he named his own daughter unlovable. Hi, this is unlovable, my daughter. Or this other time, and this might be the weirdest one. It's not the weirdest one. It's close to it. Uh, one of the prophets, he made a fire, uh, but the kindling he used was, was donkey poop, and he cooked all this food on top of it, making the food ritually unclean. And then he said, come on, eat, come over for dinner. And then after the people ate, he was like, ha ha, that food was unclean, and now you're unclean, and that's just like it's going to be if you keep on abusing your neighbors because you're going to be unclean in God's eyes then too. Jeremiah is one of those guys. And there's a story in the Bible about how God tells Jeremiah to go tell the world that things are out of whack, that they're leading the world in the opposite direction than it, than it should go. And God says, you know what, there's this potter who lives up north. Go to the potter, and I'll give you my message to give to the people there. And so Jeremiah complains, but eventually relents, and he goes. And he finds this potter. It's this hipster potter in this little boutique art house that he's got. And the potter is sitting at her wheel, spinning the clay. And Jeremiah watches, and she begins to make something. She's shaping this beautiful and wonderful, intricate bowl. But then the clay collapses. But instead of throwing it out, 
instead of getting frustrated, the potter, she picks it up. She starts over and tenderly molds and shapes the clay all over again. And then God gives Jeremiah the message that he's supposed to deliver to all the people. And God says, that's me. I am the potter. It's a beautiful story. And we could go all kinds of places with it. But for today, there there are three things I want to point out. Three reasons why I think this is a great story to start with as we enter into a new season of being the church together. You still with me? So first. And all these things are going to bleed into one another. But we'll begin here. What's God like? A potter. But more specifically, which potter? This one. This potter who sat at her wheel, her hands touching, her body close, creating, nurturing, and shaping things into existence. And when the clay collapses, when the clay doesn't do what it's supposed to do, instead of throwing it out, instead of putting it into the fires, being like, eh, good enough, she tenderly picks it up and starts again, hands touching, body close, creating, nurturing, shaping bringing life into existence. Now let's just pull over here, because how beautiful is that? Sit with that for a moment. Just sit with this, because this answers so many questions we all ask in so many ways. Where did all this come from? What's the fundamental nature of the universe? What is God like? What's that spirit of life like? And Jeremiah offers this beautiful image that's just plain bananas. God is like that potter. And that's bananas because it contradicts so much of the imagery of God that we're given throughout our lives. He says God isn't a God who makes us and then abandons us, leaving us alone to make ends meet on our own. Or God isn't a God that's just distant, detached, and indifferent. And God isn't a God of anger and judgment, wanting to cast us out when we fall apart. But Jeremiah gives us this brand new image of who God can be. This God who is a God whose hands tenderly and shape us and mold us. A God who is intimately involved in it. Who has a vision for what we can become. This God who partners with, who works with, who walks with, who stands with. This God who doesn't give up on us when everything falls apart. That's the kind of God that we have. This God that looks like this. Because God's like Patrick Swayze. Or this God that looks like this. Or this. Or this God that looks like this. This God who gets her hands dirty, who isn't afraid to reach out and touch us, to mold us, to work with us. This God who, when we fall apart, when we fail and fumble, picks us up and helps us start again, working with us to become the kinds of people that she knows we can be. Now this matters. And not just because it's a different understanding about who God is, 
but it matters because of everything else that flows out of it. Because think about it. If God's like this, if that's the nature of the universe, if that's the source of everything that we know, what does a life of faith look like? What does that mean for us? What's spirituality look like? What's our response to it? What does that mean to have a relationship with God? Because if God's like that, faith can't simply be about believing certain things, doing certain things, or practicing certain things. It can't be rigid and fixed like that. There's no art in that. There's no partnership in that. That can't be what faith is about. With a God like that, faith becomes about transformation. It's about listening for that voice telling us this is who you are. It's about feeling God's presence around us and allowing ourselves to be work in progresses. Allowing ourselves to be shaped and molded again and again and again. Helping us become the kinds of people that God wants us to be. Richard Rohr, who's a monk that you should read, um, he talks about faith being a matter of choosing between being willful or willing. We can choose to be willful, he says. We can choose to want to go our own way, to resist God's movements, to say no, to refuse to cooperate. Or we could choose to be willing, to be pliable, to be open, to be soft, adventurous, flexible to allow God to shape and mold us, trusting that it's there in that partnership, in that relationship, in that dynamic that we can find the life that we're here looking for. Now that matters too. Because if that's what faith and spirituality is about, then we can find there a truth that we all need to hear probably every single day, a truth that needs to be plastered on our bedroom mirrors because it's a truth that is so liberating and so beautiful, we really need to see it every single day. And that truth, I think we can hear through this old, ancient parable that Peter Rollins tells. In the parable, it goes like this. One day, Jesus and his disciples, they went out for a round of golf. And Jesus, it's his turn to go up to the green. And so he gets ready to tee off but judas he's yelling him no no bend over this way you got to fix your posture and peter's like no use a nine use a nine use a nine but jesus is like dudes back off and he swings and he slices the ball into the water and so just jesus walks down to the water walks across it picks up the ball goes back starts again (laughs) same thing happens And the same thing happens again and again and again and again. And so about the fourth time that this happens, Jesus is walking down across the water, and there's there's this old Irish guy watching this go down. He's waiting to play behind the disciples. And he goes up to Peter and says, Who does he think he is, Jesus Christ? And Peter answers, Oh, no, that is Jesus Christ. He just thinks he's Tiger Woods. If God is like a potter, if it is about letting God shape and mold us into who she created us to be, then the truth is, when it comes to living this life we're here after, 
the only thing we need to do is try to be ourselves. And again, just sit with that for a second. The only thing you need to do is be you. Let that sink in, because that's pretty liberating. You don't need to be someone else. You don't need to be someone you're not. You don't need to have it all together. To experience life as it was meant to be, to experience the fullness of love and life, all you need to do is be you. To you pretending. To you who are dressing up. To you who are trying to fit into someone else's box. To you living with false narratives and labels. You don't need to live like that. You don't need to live like that. That doesn't need to be your life. All you need to do is be you. It's as simple as that. But it's also as complicated as that. And the trick to pulling it off, to choosing to be ourselves instead of the million of other things that we're called and pushed and pulled to be, the trick to doing that is going back to that very first thing that we spoke about. What's God like? A potter. God is like a potter. So as we head into this new season, as we look to create lives of fullness of beauty and wonder, as we seek wholeness, purpose, and identity, remember, you are made to be you. You are beautifully and intentionally and wonderfully made just as you are. The only thing God wants you to do is be you. And so as we head into this new season, uh, that's what we're all about. That's the plan. Connecting with this potter God, letting her graciously mold us and shape us, of becoming more and more and more the kinds of people God made us to be. These diverse, these beautiful, these loving people who help make this world become more like the one that God made it to be. And I don't know about you, but I think that is a pretty amazing thing to be a part of. So as we sing this final song to send us out, uh, let yourself feel that liberating and good news. Let that bring you into something new. Let that send you into this new season. Knowing that God is like That faith is dynamic and flexible and shaping. And the only thing that you need to do is be. So let's stand up together. Let us sing this next song. Let us head out into this season together.